0: Digital Marketer. Today, it's Scott Cunningham. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Nadley And in this episode, I sit down with Scott Cunningham, the founder at Socialite, a Shopify partner sales and marketing agency. He also happens to be a Digital Marketer certified partner and a coach in the brand new Lab Elite coaching mastermind. So he really brings it all back to, you guessed it, the customer value journey and how to leverage this tool specifically for selling physical products online. Scott really digs into some awesome strategies, including exactly his process for getting a beautifully converting Facebook ad to the perfect audience every single time. Well, Scott, yeah, I'm glad you could join us and thanks for being here. I'm Super excited for this conversation.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it means the world to be back with Digital Marketer talking about amazing marketing strategies. You guys are the best community.
0: So, before we dive into all the amazing stuff you have, I want to specify who this is going to be for. Mm -hmm. So, what do you do and who do you do it for?
1: I'm an agency owner, and over the years, our agency has serviced all kinds of industries, but over the past three years, we have completely niched, or as Americans say, niched our service offering to just Shopify store owners. So we specifically help Shopify store owners grow their revenue with offer strategies, advertising on Google and Facebook, and email marketing. And we mostly use Clavio for that.
0: So if they're e-commerce. If you're e-commerce, listen up. And especially if you use Shopify, listen the H E double hockey sticks up, right?
1: Absolutely. Like, <laughs> I, I, and I think it's, it's for anyone, like, cause maybe some people are listening and thinking who do you work with? What kind of e-commerce businesses? But truthfully, once you niche niche down to just Shopify, we're kind of working with businesses at all stages of their business life cycle. Like we have businesses that are just getting started. We have businesses that are kind of stuck and looking to scale further. We have companies that are doing really, really well. And they're looking to expand globally. So we, we kind of always have this crawl, walk, run mindset where Hmm. it's like, okay, if you need to, you definitely need to crawl before you walk and you need to walk before you run. So we kind of diagnose where people are at and we cater recommendations based on what's going to work the best.
0: Gotcha. Well, let's dig in. I mean, first off, you do a lot of work specifically with the customer value journey. We just had Monique on and she talked about the customer value journey as well, but I'd love to hear your thoughts and philosophy and how you work with your clients through the CBJ.
1: This customer value journey, I'm pretty sure if I was going to get a tattoo, I don't have any tattoos, but if I was going to get a tattoo, it might be the customer value journey. <laughs> because this is a tool that we've adopted relentlessly at the core of our business. So the, the philosophy around the customer value journey is that if you build a Shopify site, like you think that all these people are going to show up the next day and buy all your products. Well, that's a very wishful thinking mindset. More than likely, nobody's going to show up. If you build it, they will not come. <laughs> so a customer value journey is this tool that allows you to plan how you're going to attract the best kind of customers, get them to your website, build a relationship with them, get their contact information, sell them a product for the first time, and then retain them and repeat sell to them throughout a lifetime, and then utilizing that great relationship to go and get more customers because you're going to be utilizing those happy customers in reviews and testimonials and case studies and hopefully they will go and promote on your behalf. So it's kind of like a a really good eight stage system. That is, you know, we all we all know with marketing, like the biggest investment is getting new prospects, getting new leads. So if we're going to invest in traffic and we're going to get all these people to the website through ads, we need to treat every single visitor with the utmost care and offer undeniable value at every touch point. And if they receive value at one interaction, they'll advance to the next stage. Receive value, advance to the next stage. So it's a really methodical approach around finding the best kind of customers, getting them to your website. And sending them to become a customer, a lifelong customer, and raving fan of your business.
0: Yeah. So the the value thing, I mean, that puts a lot of a lot of pressure on the business to make sure they're not only just like doing the thing that attracts people to that step, but engages them and excites them enough to move them forward to the next step.
1: Yeah. The key isn't understanding what strategies you need to deploy at every stage. It's what is your target customer gonna find incredibly valuable? So we often think about your customer segment and what's their deep pain and passion point. Like what is this aspirational state that they're trying to accomplish and how is your product or service a vehicle to get them there? So when we always think about our target customer and what keeps them up at night, we wanna craft all content around providing immense value to their experience. So that if you're adding immense value to their experience, they're gonna advance through that whole journey really quickly and not even notice that they're in a marketing program
0: yeah so the the keeping you up at night question is really interesting because i mean it's a quote it's a quote I've heard, i've heard ryan say a lot where basically like people don't wake up and think like i i want to i can't even think of like you know those dumb marketing slogans like <laughs> i want to just do it yeah right that's not that's not actually what nike is selling right that's it's different. I,
1: honestly, we cannot spend enough time doing market research and understanding what our buyer actually wants and needs. And mm-hmm. I think like a lot, like there's a really good book, The Ask Method, by Ryan Levesque. I know digital marketer knows Ryan Levesque really well. He's spoken at traffic and conversion. And I think he's speaking out this year. But a really good way to understand what your customer actually wants is to go and read product reviews and look for the really hyper specific, hyper engaged users that give you the really robust feedback. And you can use that feedback in your ads and in your copy. But I think Mm -hmm. like the, the best way is not to presume we know what's their pain point, but to actually do some research, ask them, look at testimonials and reviews and spend some time really getting to know what keeps them up at night.
0: Well, let's kind of go into like the first step. We know our customer right now. So we'll just say we went through this step. We know our avatar. We know what keeps them up at night. We've done the research. We've looked at their pain points. Where do you start?
1: So Uh, We always, I always think about the customer value journey as something to implement once you have your bases covered. Because with e-commerce, we kind of always want to validate the product Mm. before we invest a ton of ad spend into it. Mm. So the the first step for us was implementation, like build your foundation before you launch any ads, before we do any crazy amounts of content, we want to validate that there's a product market fit. Like we've, yeah. we've worked with all kinds of Shopify businesses over the years, hundreds of them, honestly, hundreds. And sometimes like I'm thinking of one client, he's an inventor and he had this brilliant idea for this product. I won't, <laughs> I won't go into too much detail about what it was, but you know, he invested thousands of dollars. He manufactured 50,000 of this product. And then he found us through one of our Shopify meetups in a city that we were visiting. And he said... I need you. I need to hire you guys to do this. And right away, we were a little bit cautious because we we're saying this is a cool invention, but there's a big learning curve with people using this product. Nobody's ever used that product, so you got to teach people how to use it. Mm. It's not going. It's not going to be a quick win. It's going to be a long sales cycle because there's a big education component. And we we warned and we said this product is not validated. You could hire us to do marketing. We will. I I, I almost said to him, you know, we're not going to necessarily scale your business right now. We're going to validate product marketing. Mm. So I think the first step and, you know, the way you could do that, you can, you can try and sell, like if you're just getting started, if you're just building up a website, you, you have a product idea, sell it to your network. Like we're always looking for companies that at least have one to $3,000 in sales. Like sometimes companies come to us and they're doing, they're already doing a hundred grand a month or 200 grand a month or more. But if, if a newer business comes to us, we're a little bit more cautious with spending their money. Right. We don't want, like, we don't want them to lose and get nothing out of it. So we're usually looking for companies if they're newer, that they at least have 1000 to 3000 that shows that at least they have a sales process. They have a proven customer. Mm -hmm. So I think like validation is probably everything. I I just, I like literally two days ago, I watched this documentary and it just popped in my mind because I was just, Mm -hmm. we're we're thinking about validation. It was a documentary about Steve Madden, Mm -hmm. like the shoe designer. I don't know if anyone's seen it It's on Netflix. And he's famous for this validation process where he's obsessed with actual buying habits. Like Steve Madden would go to Soho in New York and watch what women are picking off the shelves. He would stare at what kind of shoes they're wearing and he would pick the best ones. He would go up to women and actually buy their shoes off them in the middle of the street. Wow! And he, And he would obsess about this kind of market research. And then he would go back to his office and they have a micro little mini factory in the back he would get a shoe manufactured like one prototype in four hours. And in that same day, they would take that new prototype and put it on the shelf in the Soho Steve Madden store. And if they sell eight on a Saturday, that means it's a good product and they'll go and order 20,000.
0: Whoa. And they'll
1: get, and they'll get it manufactured in another country or wherever it is. But, but it's so big that they, they want to validate before they invest in and in getting a big product line. And I think that's incredibly important for e-commerce like, you don't want to go and invest in a ton of inventory until you validate the product. And yeah, that's step one, validate your product. And then of course with the website, so that you validate your product, say you're getting a few sales, we know with the customer value journey, it's going to get expensive on time, people, resources, and ad spend. Like you're going to need to invest. So you want to cover all your bases. You validate your product. Now what you want to do is be really authentic in your storytelling. Like, it's, mm. e- e-commerce can be very competitive and the way to stand out is authenticity and you want to include a lot of user generated content on your website get testimonials and reviews from happy customers show who you are tell your story take real lifestyle images take lots of great product photography and i think like storytelling and content goes a very very long way to build immediate trust and and again we'll we'll come back to that in a sec cuz that's that's a key part of this customer value journey as well but to answer your question, to get started is validate the product and get your base right on that website. Authenticity, great storytelling, great product photography and user generated content.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll even say like, just from my own perspective, a lot of the most attractive videos and images of products being used. And this is so weird is like products being destroyed. Like when people (laughs) are chopping up their lipstick and squishing it and When people are like digging into their eyeshadow pans, or you know, using their power washer, like there's so many of those. Like, I I feel like physical products are in a really interesting time right now because there's so much like like tangible. It's not the word, not tactical. What is it called? Well,
1: it's so so funny that you brought that up. It's so funny that before there was Gangnam Style, and before there was Justin Bieber, one of the most viewed YouTube videos of all time was a guy making play-doh sculptures with his hands
0: no way
1: and, that's crazy <laughs> and, it, and, and they, they we call this operational transparency people hmm. want to see how you make things how you interact with products how they move when you squish them yeah and, and there's like the whole like I, I think it's called srm or something like a whole reddit trend right now where people are like squishing things and making sounds and it's like mm-hmm. it's really oh, training asmr, right? ASMR that, that's yeah. the <laughs> We, we did a couple ASMR uh, ad videos for one of our e-commerce clients,
0: oh, really? Do they work?
1: Yeah, yeah, she has this really great notebook that's like you can it's shaped like uh, squares, and you can put these little really great feeling rubber square pieces on there and make like pictures out of these squares, like little pixels, kind of
0: cool. But
1: because we're selling it online, you don't actually get to touch and feel it in person right. so and and really, once you touch and feel it, that's what sells it. So we wanted to really like overemphasize how amazing the touch and feel was. So we did these really slow videos where we were just like like getting really excited about it. <laughs> honestly
0: notebook. like it sounds so satisfying. <laughs> you know what's so funny is I bought there's this conditioner. It was a huge little vat of like a really expensive direct-to-consumer type conditioner. And they sold this like detangling brush with it. And I'd seen so many ads. I had a dream that I was brushing the conditioner through my hair and I was like, I have to have this. <laughs> yeah. And it, I had a literal dream and it made me buy it. So. Wow.
1: And you, you never, <laughs> like, you never experienced the product. You just saw it in a video.
0: I Is saw right? it and I thought it would like, I thought it looked like it would feel good.
1: That's, just, that's, that's actually, that's it right there. You just nailed it. Cause I, like I already said earlier in this discussion that it's all about speaking to the aspirational state mm-hmm. and like the, the relaxation that you received from that conditioner stuck in with you that- you dreamt about it. Like, so if you, it's, it's really like all the content, everything that journey needs to be just deeply speaking to that target customer. Cause you probably appreciate that, that type of feeling with conditioner. And so they hit it on the head with you and then you, it was in your dreams.
0: Yeah. That's so funny. And it's funny too, that, that like that after state doesn't have to be all that complicated.
1: No, it it, it doesn't. It's like Coca-Cola. Like every good marketing commercial that you've ever seen is is just a simple demonstration of the after state. Like Coca-Cola. I remember that in the world cup, it was like, they're in South Africa. This was like 2010 in South Africa. And it's so hot. And I'm just like, all I want to do is watch the soccer game, but I'm so hot. And I'm just like sweating and I can barely live with myself. And then I run to the store and I see the Coca-Cola and then I open it and it makes this
0: sound. And and then I'm like,
1: (laughs) and I I take the sip and I'm like, ah, transformational state. I made it. yeah,
0: And so experiential too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think like media, like content, like video content, it's it's really going a long way with e-commerce because you can't, it's like, it's like people love shopping because they get to try on outfits. They get to touch and feel things. They get to smell scents like perfumes and and beauty products. They get to like put it on their skin. So we got to really convey as much of that experience as we can through like video and, and photos and all kinds of innovative ways.
0: So what comes after getting that offer down, getting that customer down, really understanding their experience of the products? What do you do next?
1: Yeah, so what you've nailed it, you've, you've done your research on who your customer segment is, you've validated your product, You've built out your great storytelling. So now we think about the customer value journey. The first stage is awareness. So if we're feeling confident in the product, we're feeling confident in our website, it's time to go and attract visitors. So in the, in our e-commerce world, like, we, we kind of need to think in advance. We don't want to just think of the awareness stage. We want to think adva- in advance. Like what, If we're going to go and advertise, what do we want those visitors to do? Mm-hmm. So we're not just going to go on Facebook and boost a bunch of posts. We're actually going to lead them to a first-time purchase. So the customer value journey, it goes awareness, engage, subscribe, convert. This is this is kind of, we we bundle those first four stages in our mindset immediately. So really we're thinking if we're going to advertise on the awareness stage, how do we get them to convert as soon as possible? Mm. Like in, e- in e-commerce, we don't want people coming to our website, seeing our product, thinking about it, going to look at our competitor's website and maybe never returning. We want to get them to the website and we want them to commit then and there today. Because if we're investing all this ad spend, we want to offset that investment as quick as possible and get to break even or better as soon as possible. So we would actually start thinking about the convert stage first, and we would think about a front-end offer. And it's not always like e-commerce people often think, oh, is it going to be a discount offer? I don't want to cheapen my brand. And that's a very, very, very fair comment. Very fair. And we don't like doing that either. But we've had a ton of success with tripwire offers and premium offers. And an example of that, like a premium offer would be a gift with purchase. And, you know, we did a, we did a campaign a couple of Christmases ago for a women's boutique. And we just said to her, what's your best seller? What's your best seller? She said, it's this woman's romper. Mm-hmm. And we said, okay, go order a couple hundred of those. Cause we already looked, we looked at her history. We saw that she was selling them consistently. We we're very confident if she ordered an, ex- an excessive amount that we were going to push the product and we we're going to do well with it. So we took the best product and not only that, we said, if you buy this romper before like December, or whatever it was, you get a free magnesium oil as a gift. So a premium offer gift with of purchase. Mm. And her whole goal was that she's a brick and mortar, but she was getting pretty good e-commerce sales locally, but she wanted to expand her e-commerce sales Canada wide. So there was a lot of people who haven't experienced her brand. So we knew that the selling the romper with a gift would be a sure way to initiate an immediate transaction and introduce them to her entire store and product line. And that we had like a 13 return on ad spend with that campaign. Wow. We, we spent like $2,400 and generated 31,000 or so to, to give you an, an idea of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You don't even think of like, oh, this much on like ROAS. And then when you hear the numbers, it's like, oh, that's good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this was one. And it's it's funny because we could have just sold that romper on its own, but we wanted yeah. to make sure just adding a little incentive is, is making sure that people will commit then and there. And that's our goal.
0: Quick question there. What made you choose that specific maximizer?
1: We're usually leaning on the client. Like we're saying, what's your best seller that's kind of high ticket? And she was like romper. It was like a $200 romper or something. And then we said, okay, what's a small item that's a big seller that doesn't make you much like, profit? It doesn't make you much and, and it's like a product that everybody loves and almost everyone always buys. And she said it was this little magnesium oil.
0: Okay. Okay. So and, it's and, kind of like your two, two best things on different ends of the price spectrum.
1: Yeah. Like the, cause the high ticket one, like the profit was enough that we could take a little bit of a loss with the magnesium oil, mm-hmm. right? Like always with the front end offer, we're, we're taking some kind of hit on the margin. If we right. do a discount, if we do a gift with purchase, if we, you know, we're usually taking a hit on margin in some way, but the goal is to acquire as many new customers that we can so that we can upsell and resell to later on. So, the magnesium oil, I think that was like a $10 product. So, it was dipping $10 into the margins, really.
0: Yeah.
1: And it, it worked out really well. And, like, the, the real goal is like, it's exciting that we got 13 return on ad spend, but in our e commerce world, that's like, yeah, everybody obsesses about row ads all the time. But what we really care about is customer lifetime value. Mm and reselling to these customers routinely and every season, and just acquiring a big community of new buyers. So that's like the real goal of the offer.
0: So can I ask you, when it comes to, like you have what the offer is, how are you constructing the promotion?
1: That's a really awesome question. Like you pretty much were just reading my mind because We kind of fast forwarded to the convert stage, which is the fourth stage. We always want to set up the offer before doing anything else. We never want to start ads without driving them somewhere specific with a specific intent. And our intent is if we're going to advertise, we want people converting to a first time transaction with that offer. So we got the offer set up at the convert stage. Now let's go back to the start of the customer value journey at the awareness stage. And this is when we're going to look at scaling up Facebook ads. And, you know, we talked about validation earlier. This is also a really good way to validate your product market fit Mm. through this process. But what we want to do, and I'm going to actually explain this as simply as possible and kind of step by step what we would do and as quickly as possible too. I don't want to go on for hours here, but (laughs) what we would do is we would create, and this is pretty much a pretty uh, standard approach we would take. We would create five ads based on the customer's aspirational state. So if it was like the hair conditioner... We might make a video showing me in the shower and I'm really enjoying it and it's changing my life. We might do one that's user generated content, like a testimonial from a happy customer and et cetera, et cetera. We're going to create five different ads based on the aspirational state. And then we're going to run cold ads. And this is one of the craziest things that we learned over the years is that we don't want to start with ads that are too specific in terms of targeting. We want to be really, Um. really broad in the beginning. Because if we start with getting too specific with our targeting, we're gonna exclude a lot of potential buyers. So what we do is we basically set up these five ads, we duplicate each of these ads 30 times. So we have 150 uh-huh. ad sets. And oh my God. so there's like 30 of one, 30 of another, 30 of another, et cetera, et cetera. 150 ad sets. And all we're trying to do is experiment with which pockets of customers online are buying the most. So we'll put. $3 a day into every single ad. And and remember every ad is kind of leading towards that front end offer. So we're trying to get people to purchase and we're trying to test which ad is performing the best. So we'll run these 150 ad sets at $3 a day and then we have a really routine process. We will check in on the first day and if an ad has reached about 200 people and nobody's clicked to go to a landing page, we'll eliminate that ad. And then you and then maybe you eliminated like 30 ad sets and you're left with you know 120. And on day two, you come back and you're looking at the click-through rate. And if the click-through rate is less than two to 3%, we're gonna eliminate those ads because they're not performing well. And then maybe you're left with like 90 ads. And on day three, you're gonna come back and if nobody has added a product to cart through that ad, we're gonna eliminate those ads. So because they're not performing as, as high as we want. And on the last day, on day four, we're gonna look at our ad sets and if an ad set has not led to a purchase, we're going to eliminate those as well. So we're basically like scaling up an ad experiment. We're relying on Facebook to like get our product to the right people. They're actually really good at getting your products to the right customer segments. Mm -hmm. And on the fourth day, when we've eliminated all our ads, we're left with the ones that led to the most sales. And we want to be left with as many as possible. If we're left with 50 ads, that means we have amazing product market fit. And we have 50 ad sets that are all performing well. That's like a really great scenario. But cool. if you're only left with like five to ten ad sets on the last day, we may have a either like a product issue, an ad issue, or a landing page offer issue. So it's kind of like a really great way to experiment. And this is the key. This is the key. Once you spend that, you're usually going to go through about a thousand dollars in that first four days, because it's three dollars a day, which is like. $450 a day, but you start eliminating, eliminating, eliminating. You spend about $1,000 in the first four days. Hmm. And then from there, say you're left with 10 really great ads that have a return on ad spend of like four or eight or 12. Maybe the return on ad spend average is like two or three even. We want to go and duplicate all of those ad sets 10 times each as well. Whoa. <laughs> so so it's, it's like this continuous experiment, see what's working, scale it up. Test what's not working, eliminate it. And it's kind of like a garden where you're like weeding out all of the bad weeds. I don't know. Yeah, weeding out the bad weeds. And you're left with this beautiful rose bush that's like has a really high return on ad spend and it's performing really well. You're getting a lot of revenue from it. And later on, later on, you're going to start introducing ad sets that are based on look like audiences. You're going to start doing some more specific targeting based on demographics and ages and locations. You're going to do all that stuff. You're going to kick in the campaign budget optimizer, Facebook CBO, which is a very, very effective tool. But to start, it's really about validation and finding out which pockets of customers are buying the most. And that's the first thing to do. And this is like anybody listening right now, if you're having some struggles, this is the strategy to do. We've had a ton of success with this strategy, and it really validates your product. It gets people converting and then the you know once people buy from you then it's thinking about what can we resell to them as soon as possible but on the Facebook side this is probably been one of our key contributors to success the other thing that we do a lot of is Google shopping campaigns mm-hmm. and if, if you're you know these numbers I'm, I'm also mentioning these are for more of like the startup side. We, we're working with, sometimes with companies that start with us and they're spending $20,000 a week or $20,000 a day or $20,000 a month. So it's, it's dependent on how big your business is, what your budget is. But if you're getting started and you're, you want to be really cautious with what you spend because you don't want to sink your business before you, you know, kind of stabilize. So yeah, the other thing that we do for advertising is Google shopping ads. So Google shopping, really easy to set up. Basically people would search a keyword around a product or a brand and you're, product shows right up in the google search on the right hand side like directly to the product and you usually run those like if you're just starting up you probably want to put like 10 to 30 dollars a day into those and just see which ones are working and it's kind of like a similar process with facebook where you focus on the ones that are working the best and eliminate the ones that aren't
0: so okay i have a kind of clarifying question because i'm not a facebook ads expert <laughs> but when you're creating like the first all the duplicated ad sets, all like the all 150 Are the variables based on actual tweaks in like copy and image and stuff like that? Or is it purely based on Facebook is going to send 150 ad sets to 150 different types of people and optimize from there?
1: Isn't it like, like, it's pretty puzzling what I was just saying, because you're like, are you, you're probably thinking like, is that all you do? Like, do you, there must be some tweaks. There must be some variations, no variations, all Oh like, wow! No, no, no variations at all. To begin with, all you're doing is creating like five different ads, but you're duplicating each one 30 times identically. You're not changing a thing because when you run an ad, it'll basically say to you, Hey, this ad has based on your budget has the potential to reach a million people. But based on your budget, you're only going to reach ten thousand. So if we duplicate it thirty times, we just have a greater chance of reaching that full million.
0: Yeah. And
1: a lot of people will ask, well, why don't I just put more budget into one ad? It's uh, anybody who knows Facebook ads really well will know that you don't want to spook the unicorn. Hmm. You don't like if an ads. We always think of like an ads like a unicorn in a (laughs) forest. And if it's performing really well, like you don't want to creep up on it and scare it. It'll run away and you'll never see it again. So if you like fluctuate your ad spend by 20% more or 20% less, you've spooked the unicorn. So you don't, you kind of want to protect those unicorns. So instead of like adding or removing or changing an existing ad that's performing well, you just want to duplicate more experiments.
0: Wow. That makes so much sense. So you've got your ads working. You've got a great offer. You know, your customer, you know what you're selling, you're done, right? That's it.
1: Pretty much like you're getting folks. <laughs> like you're, you're, this is all like customer acquisition we've been talking about. Like getting yeah. first time buyers in the door for the first time. And to recap the customer value journey, it goes awareness where we were doing Facebook ads, we were doing Google ads and it goes engaged. This is where the ads are leading. They're leading to a product page or a pre-sell page or some type of landing page. And this is usually where you're, you're definitely testing this landing page. Like if, if, you're, if your ads are driving a ton of traffic, the ad's good. But if they're not converting, we got a landing page offer or product problem. So the engage stage, we're kind of looking at are people spending time here? Are they committing? Are they converting? And you want to include a lot of user generated content here. This like the, the, the product page is where people decide not to buy or they decide to buy. So you want to preempt any objections they might have with testimonials and images. And you want to answer like the who, what, when, where, why of that product. When am I going to get it in the mail? How much does it weigh? How do I use it? Like answers many questions show as many testimonials, show as many great images on that product page. And then on the subscribe stage, so we went aware, engage, subscribe. Our goal is first and foremost is to get them to convert to this front end offer. So if they go to the convert already, then we're going to get their email address by default. So they've subscribed because they've converted. If they don't convert, we definitely, definitely, definitely want to collect their email address if they didn't buy if we're investing in all that traffic, at the very minimum, we want to build our email list because this is the biggest asset that you're going to have for your e commerce business over time. So, you might have something like a, a pop up offer. We usually do like exit intent offers mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, before you leave, like here's 10% off your first purchase. Or you can do like abandoned cart exit intent where it's like, hey, we saw that you had $200 in your cart. Here's 10% off since you were looking to buy so much, kind of thing.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, you definitely want to like get them to subscribe at the very minimum. And once they subscribe, like this is a key part of it we haven't talked about yet, is email marketing. So yeah. if, if somebody's opted in but hasn't bought, you wanna build a pre-purchase workflow. And we use Clavio, but there's lots of great tools like OmniSend and all these other tools. Um, but basically it's just nurturing people until they purchase for the first time. And it's a good opportunity to indoctrinate new customers and prospects into your brand and tell your story and add value, showcase amazing products. Do crazy videos like the conditioner one and like the like, <laughs> smashing ones, <Yeah.
0: laughs>
1: and, and like be fun.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Be fun. It's not always about sell, sell, sell. It's about like, hey, let's be friends. Let's get on a level. And if you want to purchase something, there's that discount we told you about. Yeah. And then and and also at the subscribe stage, we often think about like this is where we. I know what like Ryan Dice and digital marketers sometimes talk about like the pixel. Like they want to plant the pixel. Sometimes they think about at the awareness stage or engage. For us, we think about it as a subscribe stage because with Shopify, you want to set up dynamic shopping ads. So you can like retarget people on Facebook based on a viewed product, abandoned cart, viewed page. So we always think once they've got to the page, like they've, they've hit the pixel, that's kind of like a subscription to us because now we're going to retarget them up the funnel and up the, the value journey as well. And yeah, basically, so you know, we did the retargeting on Facebook. We have the pre-purchase workflows going until they convert and at the moment that they convert now we're thinking about average order value so like i said like the whole goal with the convert offer is that we want to offset our investment but we also want to increase that cart size and the cart value so that we can start getting profitable as soon as possible as well so we might do like a bundle offer at checkout we might do a one-click upsell as your firestone tools really awesome and then also if they if they're like no i don't want a bundle i just want this one product now it's like okay then we might send them a post-purchase upsell email the the next day where it's like, Hey, Jenna, thanks for buying this conditioner. We're, we're packaging it right now for you. If you want to add one of our other best sellers to your cart, we won't add any uh, extra shipping costs. And honestly, this is like the best time to do that because people are so excited to get the product in the mail. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, this is a good time to talk to them about other products. Hmm. And really that's the whole acquisition strategy and, and trying to make increase that average order value. Then at the excite stage, it's like, let's send them the product. This is a good opportunity to demonstrate your brand because this is the first time they actually physically interact with your brand. So we would usually think of like white glove treatment and like, how can we package it? Do we put handwritten notes? Do we put little scents in there and herbs or what's the experience gonna be like when they unpackage your their their new purchase?
0: Yeah, man. I'm kind of feeling like the CVj is actually this really I mean you see it as this like straight path on this two d flat piece of paper, but it's really like this layered thing and i'm I'm kind of seeing like how you know you have the traditional path of you know awareness, conversion, ascension and but then underneath is kind of like the engagement and the subscription and the and more Ascension. It's like kind of catching people or just bouncing them higher almost. Yeah.
1: It, 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 like Ryan Dice and Digital Market, they always talk about it as like acquisition, activation, monetization, retention. And I, I always think about it as acquisition, ascension, retention in e-commerce. We've just kind of simplified it into three. But mm-hmm. the acquisition to us is like the advertising, the the retargeting until someone buys for the first time. And then after that, it's like, if you, you that that acquisition thing always stays on you always want to be advertising to acquire new customers but if that's your only focus it's going to be really hard to grow because you need to buy new inventory you need to like there's all these expenses that come in so the acquisition is not enough to offset like all your business costs so we need to now think about ascension like how do we get these people who bought from us to buy again as early as possible and this is the key to e-commerce i've heard Many, many leaders in the e-commerce space preach this over and over. Ezra Firestone always talks about it. And it's like the key is repeat buying, repeat selling. Mm-hmm. So once you get somebody from the excite stage, like they love the product, we want to get them to buy again for the second time as early as possible. And there's not a customer acquisition cost with that customer anymore. You, like there's no ad spend affiliated with that unless you're doing like warm and hot retargeting ads. But it's not like it's not a long cycle. They've already bought your product. They love it. So like the cost for them to buy again is a lot lower than a first-time buyer. So reselling, huge priority. And that's that's kind of like, we think that as soon as someone buys again for a second time or third time, that's the ascension. Now the question is retention. How do we retain this customer, build brand loyalty over a lifetime? Like what kind of loyalty programs? But ultimately it's, ultimately, it's like increasing that customer lifetime value for a lifetime. Damn. <laughs> so yeah, like you said, Multiple layers, like (laughs) multiple layers. You always want to run the acquisition stuff. You always want to focus on getting them to buy a second time and you always want to focus on retaining them. And if you have all those things dialed in, like you're going to have a sustainable, scalable business. I mean, of course, at the top of the CVJs is uh, very important pieces in e commerce. Like after Ascension, after they've bought from you for a lifetime and they've spent like $20,000 on you in five years you want to get testimonials and reviews for these people from these people so that you could put those back on your landing pages so that when new customers come in the door they see other customers like them who are really happy so you kind of like utilize your happiest customers in your marketing campaign for acquisition and then after like the testimonials reviews thing it's like the promote stage and often in in the e-commerce world it's like affiliate programs like how do i incentivize my happy customers to get me new customers like uber eats and uh, DoorDash and all these food companies are like, here's your code since, you know, you're going to get a discount if your friend uses it. And that's like an affiliate marketing initiative. Or it's like, Hey, share this on Facebook and you'll get a discount or enter, you know, it's like, that's kind of another way to incentivize people to promote your brand on your behalf.
0: Hmm. Cool. There's, there's so much here, but I, I want to get into just, we're kind of getting to the the end of the hour and I want to do some like FAQ like e-commerce FAQs. I'm just a little lightning round, if you don't mind. So, like to start, what are your first steps if you don't know what to sell?
1: You know, you know what's funny, like because I talk a lot about like picking the right product and validating it. I, I know a lot of people do drop shipping. A lot of people have success with drop shipping. It's a great industry. We mostly work with brands, but whether you're a fan of drop shipping or not, it's a great way to validate a product. Hmm. Like, you know, you could say, Hey, you know, I'm going to sell dog toys, for example, and maybe you're like a big dog lover and you have these ideas for these dog toys that you want to manufacture yourself. Like it's going to be sustainable. It's not going to be, it's going to be toxic free. It's going to be all this really good stuff, but you got to first confirm that your business model and your store and the way you set everything up is able to sell a dog toy. (laughs) So drop shipping is a really great way that you don't have to buy any inventory you don't have to invest in inventory, you don't have to deal with fulfillment, you don't have to deal with shipping, you don't have to deal with a lot of these things that, you know, businesses need to deal with. So you can just kind of like plug a drop shipping product onto your website, see if you can sell it, and if you do, that's the first step in validation. And then it's like, okay, I've, you know, I've actually built, I'm starting to build a brand around this now. Maybe I'm going to actually start sourcing products, and maybe I'm going to go and manufacture some of my product ideas as well. But I think like validation would be first, and you could do that with drop shipping. We, we've we've done it many a times.
0: Cool. Question number two: How does how does some of this marketing change if you have a ton of SKUs, like just that, tons? Yeah, of
1: that's a really good question. The, we call these catalog businesses, mm-hmm. and we have clients that have like own established brick and mortars, multi location, and it, sometimes that it, you could do like a general offer, like so, like ten percent off your first purchase. Or you might think of like kind of what we did in that woman's wear example, where it's like, what's the best seller? Mm
0: -hmm. And let's,
1: let's sell the best seller with a gift. And then we would introduce everybody to the entire product line. That's one way of doing it. You can also do like carousel ads on Facebook, which showcases multiple products, like best sellers. Yeah. That's a really effective way that we've done that.
0: Okay. Question number three, if you're just starting out, what's your tech stack? If you're growing into something bigger, what is your recommended tech stack?
1: You know, we we have like a sandbox approach to testing apps and tech stack. Like we have our own Shopify site. We sell Catnip. Lovecatnip.com. Shameless plug. <laughs> but you know, we use a lot of the time we use Privy for display banners. So with Privy, you can do display banners at different stages of the customer journey. Like one mm-hmm. thing I didn't talk about, what's really effective. Like, for example, we did, we did a premium offer, like a gift with purchase for one of our clients that's in Dallas, Texas, and they sell motorcycle apparel and gear. And we noticed that they had a really high abandoned cart rate. So we did this like secret gift with purchase, where anytime somebody added something to cart, a little privy display banner popped up and was like, hey, thanks for shopping with us today. Here's an extra gift for being our customer today. So it was like this little incentive. And we increased like their month over month revenue by like 1100% with this thing. Whoa. Yeah so it's like we use that for display banners privy can do just like email opt-ins but it can do like premium offer things it could do like exit intent abandoned cart offers that i was telling you about earlier like hey we noticed you had two hundred dollars in the cart cart. here's a discount so -hmm. we use privy for that we use clavio hands down for email we're kind of super biased on that one (laughs) it's just really great for customer segmentation it's really great for Sales and like they're they're actually we talk to them all the time. We're really good friends with them. We're we're a partner agency of them, and they're going to be advancing the reporting, which is something we're looking very forward to. Okay. And then of course like Shopify's the site. Anything else I'm missing? I we use Zipify a ton for landing pages. Like we do if yeah. it, it, like to to co- like develop a really complex page on Shopify could be very time consuming. Zipify you can like whip up a page in a day, so it's a great way to like merchandise your store for an, for a campaign or a contest. Like we would do, like, hey, it's a holiday sale. Here's our holiday page we built in Zipify, and we can kind of like display images in this nice, fun way, really simply. So I think like Zipify, Privy, Clavio. We use Recard a lot. It's a Facebook Messenger funnel entry tool. It's kind of like Clavio, but on Facebook, where you can like opt in through Messenger, and we can automate sequences there, which is really cool.
0: Yeah. What I what I love about this is like these aren't just Like you're speaking as someone who is an e-commerce business, but also as an agency who does e-commerce. Like it's, you know, you, you're using the same tech stack for yourself. It's not just recommendations for your clients.
1: Totally. Totally. And like, we, we don't, we don't apply a tool to our clients campaign until we validated it. It's kind of like that validation process I was talking about with you. Otherwise we'd be like, Just scrambling every day, like, oh, here's a here's a shiny new object. Let's go go and try this (laughs) and set up this. We'd usually pilot it on a specific campaign. And if it works, then we will transfer that knowledge to all of our other campaigns as well. But I think it's important to not do too much tech if you're beginning. Like if you're advanced, I mean maybe there's some people listening here that are super advanced and they're they're relating to some of these things. You want to get really specific. You might move from privy to just Uno. Just Uno is a really good tool for like split testing these pop-up banners. And it's really mm-hmm. more advanced on the reporting, so uh, I think Klaviyo is good for beginner and advanced. But like, you don't want to overdo it with tech t- unless it's actually working. And this is another thing I'm glad you brought up because when you look at that customer value journey, I want it to like fit in all eight stages, <laughs> and it's a long journey, right? So trying, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, let's, let's just go all the way to promote. But like, it's it's easy to, as a business owner to get intimidated by all that stuff. It's like. Where do I start? Should I start with affiliate marketing? Should I do a loyalty program with Smile.io, like all these different tools? Like where, where do I start? And do I have to do everything now? You don't. I, I would suggest to start really simply and maybe like do a display banner with Privy that collects email addresses, set up an automated email with Klaviyo. Those are those tools are both free until a certain point. So it's like a really good way to start with, because you really want to focus on acquisition at the start, like getting new customers in the door that are buying. These affiliate marketing and loyalty programs, these things can come later.
0: Cool, okay. I have one more question. It's not a lightning round question. It's just the question we ask every first guest on the podcast. But before I get to it, where can people find out more about you, more about social light, more about everything that you do?
1: Yeah. So the the, the one place I would suggest coming to, which is amazing, we've like built this Facebook community. We have a Facebook group. It's called Merchant Mastery. Okay. So it's like facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Merchant Mastery. There's like people from Shopify in there, people from Klaviyo and Privy and like amazing merchants from all around the world. And we do a lot of like Q&As in there. And it's a place that people can ask questions. And I noticed like the community members are answering each other's questions. Our team will go in there and answer questions. So that'd be a good place to if you want to get into the community. Otherwise, our website is socialite, L-I-T-E dot C-A. That's socialite with two L's (laughs) and dot C-A because we're Canadian.
0: Cool. And the final question, Scott. If you could go back in time and tell the you who you were before all this marketing stuff began, you could tell that Scott anything at all knowing what you know now. What would you tell him?
1: Okay, so this probably wouldn't relate to the e-commerce stuff I was telling you about. That's but okay, it, but it kind of does. I think it's like starting with too much, you're just going to get like overwhelmed and we kind of like navigated our way to a niche that we're good at and it took us six years wow. <laughs> you know so like when we f- when i first founded the agency and well like i founded it in 2011 but i was still working full-time i went full-time on social in 2013 i guess which is almost like seven years now but we i was like i want to do digital marketing like the best digital services for everybody that needs it so we worked with like all these different industries and we did every digital service under the sun and it was just like really complex to service like we couldn't retain staff or clients because our mm. staff is like, I can't learn everything, and our clients were like, it's not. Although it worked for another client, it's not working for me. So mm-hmm. I think like it kind of goes back to what I've been talking about today is like validation. Like I wish I would have just like picked a niche in the start and like got really good at that one thing. Mm. Like Brian Day, so he talks about these unbuilt bridges. I, I think just focus on one little bridge that you do amazing at because like it's a happy place around our office right now. It's a happy place. Like our our staff are smiling. <laughs> like so people are like we understand the product we understand what goes into our service we're doing amazing work our clients are getting phenomenal results like we're growing companies from like zero to hundred grand in 90 days we're scaling companies from like a hundred thousand to a million we're like and it's a rare instance that we're not making an impact on our clients revenue and i think as a marketer that's like the dream is like to tie back measurable results on what you do so if you try and be like everything to everyone It's going to be a really frustrating experience. You're going to like, now that we've niched, we attract all the right type of clients. We attract all the right type of staff. We do great work and it's, it's fun.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) Scott, thank you. I wish there was a, there was an audience because the, the applause sign would be on.
1: (laughs) Thanks so much. It's like so good talking to you.
0: Yeah. You're a joy. This was awesome and I learned a lot about e-commerce. I can't wait to start my drop shipping business personally. Do it. <laughs> this was awesome and to everyone listening, if you got this far, it means the world that we had a full hour of your day, of your week, and we'll see you same time, same place next week. Bye, y'all.